On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight maids a milking, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying. Boom, boom, boom. Was the day after Christmas. Guys, I don't want to give up the magic, but I'm recording this on a Boxing Day. Which is, you know what's kind of weird to find out? Boxing Day is just a Canadian holiday. It's not strange. I wonder why we have that. Let's actually Google this really quick. Um, you know, not that any of this stuff even matters anymore. Because there's just been, dude, the discipline for Boxing Day, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, all that stuff. Everything must go. Great Southern is going out of business has been thrown out the window to where I remember this is going to sound like a real boomer coming. Do I remember when boxing day was actually a day? Hurry down now. Save 20 to 80% many on is being sold at cost. You guys remember that? When boxing day was literally like, this is the day that you come do it. Now it's like, dude, you go onto websites. They're like, get you. Here's the pre it's like October 3rd. And they're like, get the boxing day price now. Time is running out. This is your chance to buy. Right? Or it's, you know, February and they're like, oh, we're extending Boxing Day. Buy that piece of furniture you've always wanted. From, we're extending it. There was so much demand. We're going to extend Boxing Day from December 26th to December 27th to May 8th. Going out of business day. Hurry in today. Great Southern Furniture. It's just like all these sales, they just leak into everything. But, okay, let's see. Boxing Day is a celebrated day after Christmas. Occurring on the second day of Christmas Tide. Though it originally had a holiday gift to the poor, Boxing Day is primarily known as a shopping holiday. Yeah, of course. They're all shopping holidays. I think they're all fake. Christmas is the only one that comes from um, the, the, the fifth chapter of the Newest Testament. But the other ones, I mean, come on, we know Valentine's Day is made up. That's purely uh, retail holiday. Even Mother's Day, Father's Day. These are, it's all tricks. It's all tricks from the Illuminati. That's what they want us to do, right? Jay-Z, Beyonce, Bill Gates, whoever else is in that. Isn't that the, the only three people? I don't know. It seems to change every week. That's what they want us to believe. We've got to go out and buy stuff. Consume, consume. So anyway, uh, man, I got some amazing gifts yesterday. I got a record player, which has always been, it's been a boyhood dream of mine. I've started already buying records this year, knowing I wanted one. And I have a bad habit of just buying stuff right before holidays and then no one has anything to get. So I, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to hope I get it for Christmas. And I did. And uh, I don't know, man, if you just let me geek out for a second, here's what I'll say is that if you like music, which is probably the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life. Hey, do you like music? <laughs> I feel like I'm on a bad first date. Do you ever uh, do you ever watch movies? Have you ever? You know what I really hate uh, is commercials. How about you? Do you like commercials or do you like to like skip them? So, uh, what am I even talking about? Oh yeah. Let me geek out for a second because if you're, if you're into that sort of thing, I'll, here's what I'll say from my experience with the, with the record player is that it really is a completely different experience when you listen to something on a vinyl, because everything feels alive. 
first of all, you have the, the record and it's huge. So there's all this space. I have one from Bill Burr. He actually has a vinyl that I bought um, like years ago before I even had a player. I just knew it was something cool to own and he's my favorite comic. And so as soon as, as soon as I knew he put this out, I got it. And it was, it's called Bill Burr live at Andrew's house. And it's that that's because it's so big, you have so much more space to like for the artist to put things, which is amazing to me. You can really see the cover, right? It's not just some small little pixel on your iPhone. It's an actual giant thing that you could, the, the, the tangibility aspect, I think is what I'm saying. It's like, you get to hold something, right? It's this big thing. There's an insert in it. So that's cool to me. And it feels like an actual, you're, it's an object. You're not just downloading, you know, WAP. You're not just hopping on Spotify and saving WAP. It's your playlist. You actually get to hold the thing. So that's cool to me. And to see the art that goes along with it. And then everything is alive as it's playing. You have this giant vinyl that spins and turns. You have a needle that slowly works its way in. Even the crackling, it feels like, you know what? There's magic in the air. I, if I was a snowman, you know how uh, Frosty the snowman, they put his hat on, that's what turned, they brought him alive. If I was a snowman, if you played a record, that's what would bring me alive. Because there is some old magic in that needle. And anyway, I've only listened to a few records. I listened to Led Zeppelin. I've listened to a little bit of Bill Burr's right before I recorded this. And it does, it hits you in a different way. And I finally understood too. You know when your grandparents tell you, you like so, someone will put on a record and you just sit there and listen to it, and that sounded like the most horrific activity of all time. I couldn't even imagine you just sit there and you listen to music like you face it, because that's not how millennials listen to music, right? We listen to stuff as we're doing other things, right? You listen to Drake, well, you're buying a lemon at Safeway. Right, you put on some limp biscuit while you're scooping some almonds in the produce section. We're doing other stuff. You don't just sit down and listen to Mariana's Trench. <laughs> I don't know why that band came to my mind. <laughs> right? But there is something about when you put the record on, you see it moving, you hear the crackle. It you do. I got I got it. I got I understood why you would just sit there and listen. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a big geek now. I don't know. But I can't wait to be obnoxious with it, too. I might even refuse to listen to music in other forms. Or when people say it to me, I'll say, mm -hmm, I only listen to vinyl. Okay? I only listen to vinyl now. That's the level I'm at. I'm snobby about it. But it is, man, it's so cool. And a lot of you don't know this, but I'm a bit of a rock historian myself. Because I did take a class in university called History of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that's a real class that they offered at UFC is history of Led Zeppelin. And I actually took it in the same semester as I did history of rock and roll. You know how disappointed your parents are to find out that's where that's what college tuition is being spent on is history of Led Zeppelin and history of rock and roll. I mean, but I got credit for those classes for my degree. The sickest part was I remember walking in to history of rock and roll and I, I just remember sitting down and hearing some electrical sound in the background. And I'm like, what is that? And just like a real dream coming true, coming to life. It was my professor. I'm not kidding. It was my professor 
tuning his guitar. And you know how he started the class? Not, okay, everyone sit down, read the syllabus. You know how he started the class? He played War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Excuse me. Am I in a university class or am I getting a free concert right now? Dude, I don't even remember how we got graded in that class. I honestly don't even remember how we got marks. I just remember he would just, he had the guitar on the whole time. We would do like one slide and then he would just shred on his guitar. And all of us would look around at each other like, this is unbelievable. This is remarkable right now. And I hope that later on when I do a job interview and someone sees my degree, I think how funny, they have no idea that part of this degree was me just watching a dude do guitar solos from the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. <laughs> That's insane that you could get credit for that. And what's funny is that that wasn't even the craziest class I took. The weirdest one I ever took was hand drumming because my cousin told me I could. I remember the mo he was like, he's like, yeah, I got this class Tuesday nights, six to nine. I'm like, that time sucks. He goes, that does suck, but it's hand drumming. And I thought that was a joke. And then he showed me his sheet that had pictures of drums. He goes, yeah, I just got to memorize what these look like for my, <laughs> for my test tomorrow. So guess who signed up for hand drumming? Me. But they don't, the tricky part was they don't, no one has a drum. They don't give you a drum. So you actually had to do, I actually had to do a test where I was drumming with my hands, like on a table. And so my studying for hand drumming was me sitting at a table in the university, banging on it, trying to remember these patterns. And one of the kids actually, like someone was concerned and I security came and asked me if I needed help one time. Cause all I, it, no one knows I'm studying for a final exam over here. They just see a kid with headphones banging on a table by himself. <laughs> I don't know. Try explaining that one to people. So anyway, what I'm saying is I'm a rock historian and I know a little bit of hand drumming stuff. So it's cool. It's awesome to play the records. I'm pumped about that. I'm pumped that we still have uh, 50 pounds of Chinese food left over because we ordered Chinese. Um, we did locked in Christmas, just me and Jen. We're not cooking turkey. I don't even know how to do that stuffing. I don't know how to do any of these things. So we ordered Chinese and we both, all of our calculations were off on this. Every single, we said, when do you think we'll be hungry? 4.30. We ordered it for 4.30. Showed up at 4.30. Still full from breakfast. So we, we had a Chinese buffet that sat there for like an hour and a half till we actually got a little bit hungry. And we, I don't know what we were, what calculations we were doing with how much we needed. We ordered like eight things. It was one of those where we're like, it's Christmas. Just get whatever we want. I think we clicked just everything on the menu. So I still have a Chinese buffet down in my kitchen right now. I don't know. What did you guys eat? Did you guys do turkey? Did you do the whole mashed potatoes, right? Stuffing. That would be a lot of effort to do that if it's just two people. Or did you push the rules and get together with your family? I won't tell. I won't tell on you. But it was a fun, it was an awesome Christmas. And we went skating, which I've skated my whole life. I've played hockey. But I, I realized when we went uh, skating yesterday that I've always skated not with wine in my system. I've always skated, usually actually pretty hydrated. 
carb loaded up, ready to go. And yesterday, instead of that, wine. And there was a couple times, we had a couple close calls. And I'm even for me, I'm someone who skated my whole life. I had to do snowplow stops. <laughs> I was almost eating it on crossovers. So I would say my recommendation is do it early. Do it only after a couple drinks. Well, you're buzzing because it gets kind of, it gets sketchy out there. God, I do feel gross though. Oh my God. I had Chinese food. I had wine. I had ice cream. I ate turtles. Everything. Every single thing. And I still. And then this morning I've been doing scratch tickets all morning. I got a bunch of those like player packs. What a strange thing, scratch tickets. Like that's got to be, I want to meet the person who's just addicted to that. That would be, not that there's anything funny with gambling addictions, but that would be the craziest episode of intervention ever. Just the guy who can't stop. He can't stop playing the, what is this one with the cars on it? The best Westerns, right? He's addicted to that rush when you win $2. Hey, is it possible to win more than $2 on a scratch ticket? Honestly. Now, I'm saying that I do have one that I won $10 on. But, dude, do you see these prize amounts on here? $500,000. One million. Is that even... Are they legally allowed to put that on there? If you can't win it? Who has, who has ever won scratch ticket money? Who? I never heard about it in an urban legend, in a tale. Even the Mega Millions. Someone wins it. There's pictures. Where's the dude who won the one million scratch ticket? I think it's a giant scam. I think these things are an absolute scam. And I will say this with the scratch tickets. I like the ones that are like quick and easy to do. The ones you just scratch. If you get three of the same, then you win. Or you get like tic-tac-toe in a row, then you win. There's some of these ones. I'm saving them. Bingo. Crossword. Because I know what's going to happen. I know it. You spend 25 minutes scratching this thing. And because of the little rules that you have to do, you scratch one, you have to uncover it, scratch the other, you have to uncover it. And then you don't even win. And you're like, wow, that was a great, that was a great use of time. I mean, you could technically just go scan them, but I, I feel like that's even worse. You don't technically even have to scratch. You can just scan it and find out immediately if you win. But what's the fun in that? Come on. I don't know. I've never been big into gambling. I never get a big rush off of it. We used to do blackjack all the time with my friends. Back before we had any jobs, any summer jobs, we had nothing to do. So a bunch of us, a group of us, would just hit these casinos in the middle of the day. Which, looking back now, what a strange thing to get into. But we would. We would hit my friends. Dude, my brother and his our friend tried to learn how to count cards. <laughs> I mean... Dude, what a waste of time. You should do something productive like learn history of rock and roll. Learn history of Led Zeppelin. You know, study your hand drumming. What if you're in a meeting someday? <laughs> I have a marketing degree. God, I hope, I hope someday I'm in a meeting and I go, this is my chance. I got to use my degree. And I just start hand drumming on the table. And for whatever reason, I don't know what the context of this meeting is, but that's exactly what everyone needed. Instant promotion. And I go, thank you. Thank you, UFC, for offering that class. That really did come in handy. That was $1,000 well spent. <laughs> you know what's so disappointing with History Led Zeppelin? Was you find out 
how much stuff they stole. And that sucks because they're also my favorite band. And then you just find out in the class that they stole half their shit. And you're like, ah, whatever. I still like them. It also makes you realize how easy it was to steal stuff back then. Because there wasn't any Google, right? There's no, there wasn't, there wasn't even blogs. Blogs. Playoffs. They didn't have stuff like that back then. They had bicycles. And they had, um, like, double-decker buses. But they didn't have even FaceTime video, if you can believe that. There was a time before FaceTime. There was a time where you, when you called someone, you just had to picture them. Yeah, you had to use your imagination to think about what they look like. There was a time people used to have phone sex. How funny is that? Just people talking, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Call me now and let me make you feel like a real man. I guess you wouldn't do that now, right? Wouldn't you just be like, put your camera on, right? And then be like, no, I'm bloated. I'm bloated. I had some Chinese. Yeah, they just stole stuff. It was sad to find that out. And back in the day, you could. Because if you were the bigger band, you just take it. And then by the time people see it, you've already performed it. And then you got some random person saying they wrote. And you're like, yeah, right. You're telling, excuse me. You wrote Led Zeppelin's song? I don't think so. There was a lady named Joan Bays who wrote, um, Babe, I'm going to leave you. They literally just took it from her. That they just yeah, that they just went, yeah, we'll just take it. Yank. Yank. I wonder how much of that shit went on back then. I think a lot of it. Music just got stolen, passed around. It's the same thing with comedy back in the day, right? People would just get an act travel around with it. There was no internet. Barely anyone got on TV. So there was probably comics back in the day. I bet you there was literally dozens of comics who had the exact same act. Just traveling around the country. Because you wouldn't tell. You could get away with anything. Think about that. Back in the, like, pre-internet, you could, uh, what could you do? You could, you could steal scratch tickets. You can get away with anything. Think about even like pre-surveillance um, cameras. How much easier it was to do crime when like all the only way they could ever catch you is if someone sketched you. <laughs> like the 1800s, you could just do crime. And then by the time they find some guy who's going to sketch what you might look like, you just grow a mustache and you're out. You get a mustache, you get a new top hat. Boom. More crime. That's unbelievable. No wonder. I, I don't, I'm surprised they would solve anything. Any crimes back then. Like the fact that they could actually solve crimes with just doing a fingerprint and then some Sherlock Holmes thing where they come up with like angles of attack and all that type of stuff. That blows my mind. Because nowadays I feel like if there's a crime, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a detective, but I feel like you just go like, is there videos or surveillance video? No. All right. Well, I mean, we'll work on it today, but not much we can do, right? It's, it's kind of like when my car got broken into. You realize like how much stuff does, does not get investigated. You know, you think because you watch murder mysteries that every single crime. Like, dude, when my car got broken into a couple years ago, a part of me did think I was like, I'm going to call the police and they're going to show up here. And I pictured like CSI. There's going to be a forensics van. We're going to be dusting for prints. 
We're going to be looking. I want the guy with the magnifying glass, like looking at the uh, glass on my window, looking for fibers. And then they're going to take any fiber they find. They're going to put in their fiber database, which I know they have. They're going to be able to figure out what brand of jeans it came from. And even more specifically, what year, month, and factory it was made. They're going to then find that factory, figure out where the pants were distributed. Then they're going to pull the tapes from the bay where that one pants load was distributed. And we're going to be able to track someone down. It should take two to three weeks for the results to come back. We're then going to run a trial. I will go on as a witness. I will request a jury trial because I trust my peers. I will do a victim impact statement. And within two to three months, we will have a conviction. We will have a ruling. And I will be able to continue my life with my window repaired. And I won't even have to pay the $120 to my insurance company. And if anything, I might even start a foundation. I might start a charity for other people who have been impacted by their cars being broken into and their window smashed because that is more than the deductible on your insurance and you end up paying it anyway. And then I called the police and I was like, my car got broken into and they basically just kind of go like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, are you going to send anyone? And they're like, for what? They're like, is the guy still there? And I'm like, no, the guy, no. The guy's not here. I'm calling you. And they're like, yeah, okay. Well, listen, it's in our system. And uh, yeah, I mean, let us know. And I was like, well, you know what? They're like, nah, don't worry about it. Nothing. We're good. I was, And I was like, do I get to, if you catch him, do I find out? They're like, do you want us to let you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, they don't care. But it's not their fault. It's just because there's so much, like, cars get broken into every day. Same with bikes, dude. If your bike gets stolen, good luck. I know it sucks, but good luck. You call the police. You think that they're going to send the bike unit? Yeah, yeah, let's go get the canine. We t it's a, we have a special bike-sniffing dog. He'll sniff that bike, and he can run as fast as one. And he's going to go in the woods. He's going to figure out who took it. No, they don't care. They don't care. I don't even think most murders they give it. Like, I know they care. But yeah, all that forensics file stuff where they're like titrating, right? Where they're like, there's a Budson burner or there's some guy who's like the ballistics expert. I thought, I literally thought they did that for every murder. And then you watch the first 48 and you're like, <laughs> after three days, they're like, nah, it's too late. We did what we could. We talked to a couple guys. No one's seen anything. That's crazy. But I do fan, dude, I love those jobs. Like the ballistics expert. I always think that's so cool. The forensics team. The, uh, oh, they always have someone who's like an expert in uh, everything. They always have an expert. The Forensic Files and Pawn Stars are the two shows where they got an expert for every single thing, right? Like Pawn Stars, you bring in like a piece of an old war cannon and he's like, all right, let me get my... Uh, I'm going to call my buddy Mike. He's an expert in old war cannons. He'll bring it and bring the appraisal. Yeah, I'm going to call my buddy Richard. He's an expert in umbrellas from World War II. You're like, what? And then that guy shows up, right? Richard shows up. And he's like, yeah, I've been collecting, studying, and learning about World War II 
umbrellas. Not you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of people understand that there was a lot of different kinds of umbrellas, and you could tell where uh, someone grew up just by the umbrella they were. And you're like, oh my god, dude! And you guys thought I was geeky about records, huh? You thought I was nerding out about records. This guy knows is like a umbrella expert. And then he comes in, he's like, I can certify, you know what, I can tell just by the handle, this is authentic. This is actually Adolf Hitler's umbrella. And even then, the Pawn Star guy is like, nah, I can give you like $3. <laughs> I gotta sell this, man, I gotta move it. So anyway, speaking of that, I'm gonna run over there and look at some records. I'm gonna play, I hope that you guys got some cool shit. Send me some messages, what'd you get for Christmas? Hit me in the DMs. I want to know. I want to know, again, who got good stuff? Who got stuff you didn't want? That's hilarious. And who didn't? Who had something simple that you asked for that you didn't get either? I love it. All right, that's it. I'm going to talk to you guys tomorrow. Um, you know, just keep it real. Give yourself a hug.